Okay, so uh, now I'm going to talk about calcium. Uh, so we'll start with what calcium is and what it is in the body and all that fun stuff. And then we'll talk about hypocalcemia and hypercalcemia, um, like what the causes are and all that fun stuff. So um, let's start. So calcemia is found in the body. Um, and it's found in a bound form and an ionized form. So calcium binds with proteins like albumin. Uh, its ionized form is found in the extracellular fluid. Uh, it has a steep gradient, so <clears throat> ICF values are very low. Uh, what's it for? So calcium is usually plays a role in bone strength and density. It helps to activate enzymes. Uh, it has a role in skeletal and cardiac muscle contraction and blood clotting. So we eat things with calcium in it. Um, it's absorbed in the GI tract. You need vitamin D to absorb calcium, uh, which is probably why I think that's why they add vitamin D to milk so that your body is absorbing that. So that's something. Uh, also, calcium is stored in the bones, and when the body needs calcium, it'll go through a process called bone resorption, not reabsorption, but resorption, and um, the body can sense like low levels of calcium, and then it's like, oh, I'm going to eat away at my bone so I can give the calcium to my body. Um, and how does it do that? So I wrote here that parathyroid hormone in the parathyroid glands triggers bone resorption. It stimulates vitamin D activation, which helps to absorb more calcium in the GI tract. It stops the kidneys from getting rid of calcium, and it stimulates the reabsorption of calcium in the kidney. If there is too much calcium, then parathyroid hormone will stop and thyrocalcitonin will get secreted. This is what triggers bone resorption to stop, and it basically stops all the things that the parathyroid hormone does. Okay, so I hope that made a little bit of sense because I don't take the best notes. Okay, so now we'll talk about hypocalcemia and hypercalcemia. So like I have started, I'll always I guess start with hypo. So hypocalcemia is when the calcium level is below 9 milligram per deciliter. So calcium is an excitable membrane stabilizer. It regulates depolarization and action potentials. It stops sodium across membranes so it will slow depolarization. So when you have low calcium, more sodium goes through and depolarization is easier. Um, so yeah, depolarization will happen faster when you have low calcium because calcium kind of checks sodium. I'm just trying to talk myself through this. So, What causes low calcium? So we'll have inadequate oral calcium intake. Uh, if you're lactose intolerant, maybe you're not eating enough calcium or ingesting enough calcium. Celiac spruy or sprue, uh, Crohn's disease, low vitamin D, end stage renal disease, 
steatorrhea, and wound drainage. Other relative calcium deficit causes uh, would be alkalosis, hyperproteinemia, calcium chelators, 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 however you say it, and citrate, penicillamine, um, and then there's aredia, which I think is a medication. I put here it's a biphosphonate. Uh, also, acute pancreatitis and removal of the parathyroid hormone or parathyroid gland. Uh, so, for the assessment for hypocalcemia, uh, you need a nutrition history. Um, a patient might complain about like Charlie horses, so like really painful like muscle spasms. Also, if uh, they've had any surgeries that would have affected calcium or uh, like thyroid surgery. Uh, and hypocalcemia is basically, it basically causes an overstimulation of nerves and muscle. So when we do a full like head to toe, I guess uh, for neuro, uh, we'll see uh, paresthesia in hands and feet. If it's worsening, then you might get painful cramps and spasms. Uh, there will be neuromuscular overstimulation of nerves and muscles. There will be tetany. There's Trousseau sign and Schwastek sign or Schwastek sign. And Trousseau's is when you put a blood pressure cuff on the arm and then after a couple minutes, like you puff it up, of course, and then after a couple minutes, um, the hand will twitch like at the wrist and it'll go and bend. Um, I have not seen it in person yet, but I've seen it in pictures. And Vostex is, uh, like when you touch a part of the face, uh, it'll like stimulate like a spasm. So they might like, like squish their face together or it, it'll just cause an overstimulation, um, on the face. Uh, cardiovascular changes. Uh, it might go fast, it might go slow, <laughs> so um, you'll have a weak pulse where the pulse might be fast or slow. Um, if it's severe, there would be hypotension, and EK ECG changes would be a long ST interval, a prolonged QT. Intestinal changes would be increased peristalsis hyperactive bowel sounds, cramping, and diarrhea. Uh, skeletal changes would be decreased bone density. The vertebrae may become more compact and there might be bone pain because remember calcium is in the bones and it might get resorbed um, so the bones become weaker. Uh, interventions for hypocalcemia would be to prevent injury we want to maintain the normal values, and again, we don't want to screw that up. We don't want to start having hypercalcemia, which we'll go over. Um, we want to make sure the patient is safe. Um, for drug therapy, there would be calcium replacement. So it'll either be IV orally, um, there will be, or most likely be vitamin D supplementation. Um, and it just, it really just depends. So it, it depends on whatever is happening with the patient. And I hate that answer. It depends. Uh, nutrition. We'll worry about a calcium-rich diet for this patient.
Uh, we also want to reduce stimulation. We want to keep a quiet environment and use a soft voice because remember, low calcemia, low calcium will increase like nerve stimulation. We don't want to make it worse. Uh, and for injury prevention, we're going to think about their bones. We want to prevent fractures. We want to make sure they have good range of motion. Um, yeah, that's about it for hypocalcemia. And again, you should definitely read your book because I'm not giving you all the information you might need. Um, now for hypercalcemia, we have a value that would be greater than 10.5 milligrams per deciliter. Uh, it'll cause excitable tissues to be less sensitive, so you'll need a stronger stimulus in order to function. Tissues that are affected by hypercalcemia would be muscles, nerves, intestine, intestinal smooth muscle. Uh, so what causes calcium excess? So increased intake in calcium, increased intake of vitamin D, kidney failure, and thiazide diuretics. Relative causes are hyperparathyroidism, malignancy, hyperthyroidism, immobility, glucocorticoids, and lastly, dehydration. There's probably other reasons out there. Um, and for our assessment, our nursing assessment, it'll be based on how fast the hypercalcemia happened. So let's take a look at the same systems again. So for cardiovascular, early symptoms would be Increased heart rate, increased blood pressure. Late uh, ones would be low heart rate and low electrical conduction. You would check if there's any cyanosis or pallor. And pallor is like a whiteness and cyanosis is a blueness. And dysrhythmia, uh, they would have a short QT interval. Blood clots can form more easily. Uh, you want to check calf circumferences because you don't want like DVTs or venous thromboses. Um, so if there's like an increase in size, then it might be indicative of that. Uh, you also want to, it says assess feet for temperature. Uh, neuro things you would check would be a severe muscle weakness, decreased deep tendon reflexes, they might be confused or lethargic. And for intestinal stuff, uh, there would be decreased peristalsis, nausea, vomiting, constipation, abdominal distension, and hypoactive bowel sounds. And what are our interventions real quick? So we'll reduce calcium levels uh, if a patient is on a lactated ringer, you should stop it. Stop drugs that have calcium and vitamin D. Uh, I put here uh, IV solution of NaCl, so sodium chloride, and that's because sodium helps get rid of calcium. You would want to stop thiazide diuretics and furosemide. Uh, you want to take calcium chelators or chelators. And that would be plecomycin, 
but I wrote here there's it's no longer in the USA so ignore that and then there's penicillamine which is cupramine as the brand name it's an anti-rheumatic and anti-urolithic and the side effects that I got which I get from Davis drug guide I paid for it so I use it so um, the side effects would be proteinuria and good pasture syndrome and aplastic anemia and pancreatitis and then there's famingus I don't I didn't look that up though but famingus is what it looks like so I would look that up um, you'd also probably give them phosphorus or calcitonin, calcimar, bisphos bisphosphonates, which would be etidronate, etidronate or didronel, prostaglandin, these are prostaglandin, no, prostaglandin synthesis inhibitors like aspirin, uh, I guess you would give that. And you would make sure you check their heart. So look at the T waves, look at the QT intervals, and check uh, for rate and rhythm changes because that's really important. So that's about it that I have for calcium. Uh, I definitely recommend that you read your book or watch lots of YouTube videos or use Khan Academy, anything that you can. Listen to your teacher and lecture if that's helpful. And... That would be about it for me today, so I'll go over magnesium shortly.